United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. Politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Detroit Lions defeated the Los Angeles Rams 24-23 in the NFC wildcard playoff game last Sunday, which was the Lions' first NFL playoff victory since they annihilated the Dallas Cowboys 38-6 on January 5th, 1992. David Montgomery scored on a one-yard touchdown run. Jameer Gibbs received a handoff from Jared Goff and ran 10 yards to the house. Goff fired a two-yard six-point bullseye to Sam Laporta on fourth and one. And Michael Badgley drilled a 54-yard field goal to round out the Lions scoring. Detroit will battle the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Divisional Playoff Round tomorrow afternoon at 3 for an opportunity to advance to the NFC Championship game. In curling news, the co-host of Moment of Clarity, Ed Bondarenka, notified me that the Curling Royale will take place at Marianne Banks Park in Romulus this afternoon at 3. The cost to enter is $100 for a team of four. And all proceeds will fund the Veterans Outreach Scholarship Program. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. Wild ride this last few weeks politically, don't you think? Um, Rachel Maddow, I think, or should I say Rachel Madcow is uh, uh, probably in an asylum right now, pulling out what hair she has left. Um, she she totally, uh, totally blocked anything to do with the Iowa caucus. So let's just say she's not happy. And, and for a Democrat... She has every reason not to be happy because it looks like Donald Trump's going to not only win the nomination, but according to all the polls, is going to be our next president. So, uh, any comments on that, please give us a call, 734-822-1600. We'll be talking about just about anything you want. My show is like Seinfeld. It's about absolutely nothing until we make it about something. I never know what I'm going to talk about until... I get on the air, and Ed always surprises me and gives me something. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. You know, Ed, Ed uh, I'm doing a, an event at for Rendezvous at Hope Church in, in February. Um, it's, it's free tickets, by the way. Wait a minute. Is that that fur trapper thing you were telling me about? Yeah. It, it, okay. Yeah. It, it, it's at the church. Uh, the pastor there is from Alaska, and in Alaska, every February, on generally the third, third Friday... When the trappers would come in to sell their pelts and stuff, they would have talent shows and stuff like that to entertain each other. And so when the pastor came from Alaska, he brought a little bit of that tradition with him and uh, has a, a big talent sh show. Uh, 
around around scripture and around the Bible. I mean, it's it's uh, they, they tend to all have a good Bible based message to it, but it's extremely entertaining. So I offered my um, my assistance of doing an escape now. Ed, you know I've been out of the escape business for quite a few years. Well, since about the time I almost died in the Detroit River, um, which was, um, which would have been you've, right you've now, escaped. You've escaped from a number of closets, right? You've you've been out of the closet repeatedly. I'm gonna gib slap you. Okay, just pretend I just <laughs> smack you on the back of the head. Uh, so I was going to do a water escape, and I and the hope was there. And I, <laughs> I sent uh, I sent the dimensions of just a plexiglass container with two holes cut in the top, so I could put my hands off the top and be handcuffed, and then lock hasp, so everyone can see me getting out. And uh, and it's not here yet. And I, I told the guy I've got to perform this in February, and I have to, <laughs> I got to make make sure I can get out of this uh, in time not to make my wife a widow. So, um, don't know if I'm going to be doing the water escape. If he, and he made, he made me sign a liability release. Can you believe that? Just because I'm going to fill it with water and get in it and get locked up, he wants to be made un, not liable. I don't understand it. He has no faith in me, none whatsoever. He must have saw my video on the Detroit River. That's a great video. That really is a good video. Um, yeah, if you want to see it, folks, uh, go to YouTube, and when you're in YouTube, search for Detroit River Escape. Look for a book cover by Walter B. Gibson in the thumbnail, and go ahead and give it a watch. So I've been talking to Ed, and he's going to help me out. He knows some metal fabricators and stuff where I can make just a, a different type of fun escape where people can watch me get out. So I'm going to see if we can get that built in time, because in that one, if I fail, I'm just embarrassed. The other one, if I fail, well, I'm dead. And uh, so, and and Ed would look forward to embarrassing myself. And I invite no, him, no, I'm teasing. No, I I'm look teasing. forward to doing your whole show by myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the next day, right? Um, but yeah, can you, everyone's so sue worried anymore. They're always worried about being sued. Um, he says, "Well, he's almost finished it, but he's not going to mail it out until I sign this waiver." And uh, he's nervous about being sued. Uh, he said, don't worry, you live in Canada. I can't sue you over there. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it took him, he, here's the amazing thing. The guy who built it had to go in for um, a hernia surgery. And he's been Is on the- Is that heavy? Um, he's been on the waiting list for the hernia surgery for three years. This is for a hernia, folks. There's socialized medicine for you. There's socialized medicine. Three years for him to get in to get a needed hernia surgery. But it's free. But it's free. He said he was willing to pay for it, except that uh, there's something about coming over here and having it done over here that causes complications back in Canada. There's a whole taxation thing that goes on. Not if he, not if he sneaks over the river like everybody else is, changes his last name to... Something from Eastern Europe or Southeast Asia or, you know, Mexico. And then, you know, just as, uh, hey, uh, no hobble English, uh, hernia. They'll give everything to him free, including probably a phone and money. And transportation back to Canada. Yeah, there you go. He's not going to Mexico. And, uh, and they'll probably give him, trans they'll give him free transportation to Chicago or New York. 
Yeah. So speaking of, of Mexico, right now, Biden is in rough shape, even amongst his own party when it comes to the border. Even his own party is starting to say, hey, you got to do something. This is worse than ever. Um, I mean, literally worse than ever. You, you got to do something. And this is making us look bad. Well, that's what's going to happen when you open up the gates. When you open the floodgates up, water's going to come in. You open up the gates to Mexico and it's, Mexicans are going to come in illegally. They're not going to wait for the invitation. They're not going to wait to do it legally. And what's sad about that is it then pushes back those who want to do it legally and makes it harder for them to get in. And that's the sad part. One of the sad, many sad parts about it all. So the Democrats have that going. And then they have good old Bidenomics, which they're still saying is a good thing. Folks, today's economy, is it good or <laughs> not feeling not feeling it? Let me know. Again, 734-822-1600. So, Ed, are you better off now than you were back when Trump was in? I have had a few raises, so it hasn't really, basically what's happened is the raises I've gotten, I've just kept my head over, you know, so um, <clears throat> it's my basic freedoms that have been impinged that really bothered me. It's not the economy that's hitting me, it's it's the fact that uh, I live in a fascist dictatorial uh, country now. Well, I'm worried. I, I, I know some people that uh, haven't had the luck of those raises over the over the period of time since Biden's been in, and they're feeling the impact of the gas prices. Yeah, they came, they fluctuate down a little bit, but then they go back up. They're nowhere where near where they were when Trump was in. Um, but cost of food, everything else has gone up. It's ridiculous. There was a. It's hard. There hard was a. Live. Well, there was a, a screenshot. I, it kind of was funny that. Uh, it might have. It was on one of the, one of the Fox shows, maybe Waters show, and they were showing. Biden went to this restaurant, this fast food restaurant, to campaign, and of all things, it was someplace he had just been three years ago, and the menu showed the prices between that right behind him. You could see the two different screenshots from the two different appearances. Same menu. The one meal was four ninety nine three years ago, and it's six ninety nine today. Amazing! These people are idiots. It's no longer called the Happy Meal; it's the eh, I'm surviving meal. Yeah, exactly. But it's uh, yeah. You know, I, I I loved it when they came up with the Happy Meal, and here's why. Uh, just just a little bit of trivia off to the side. When I went to uh, Israel. Went into Megiddo Valley. Now, for those of you who don't know what's going to happen in Megiddo Valley, that's going to be where the Armageddon happens. Uh, it's the Battle of Megiddo. And in Armageddon, right in the middle of it, is a McDonald's. And they have the Happy Meal. So while you're fighting for those non-believers, while you're fighting in Armageddon, stop by, get a Happy Meal. There'll be about $850 at that time. So... There's a clip I saw yesterday speaking of the border. Some reporter asked Biden about the border, and he says, yes, it's bad, and it's been bad for 10 years. It's like, I like what, what the heck is this guy thinking of? He's been president for three of those 10 years and vice president for, you know, another two. That, I can't do the math real quick, you know. And then he says, I'm asking, yeah. 
He says, I'm asking for for thousands, thousands. I mean, thousands of what? Thousands, it can't be thousands of dollars. That would be meaningless. And then he mumbled something about judges and then did one of his, oh, never mind. You know, when he realizes he's lost and doesn't know what he's talking about, he kind of mumbles, uh, never mind. It was, it was atrocious. And it, just the sheer numbers, Trump was getting under control. But everyone screamed and yelled because he was getting under control. And by the way, there's more kids now being held in air quote cages yeah. after Biden than, than there were <laughs> at all families being held at the border under Trump. So, so much for that. What are they going to do with that? What, what, are, what are the Democrats going to do with the economy and with uh, the border issues? And are you worried about the border issues? Is that going to be a concern? To me, it is. Because as it is, like I said earlier, the raises aren't everyone. Not everyone's getting the raises, and some people are getting laid off. Some there are a lot of businesses right. going under, uh, and those who are staying afloat are they going to hire illegals now to take your job? I work with a lot of people who do work similar to me that are not native to this country, and I know they've. It's happened a lot in other places. There are workers who are here on work visas as if you couldn't get somebody who does my job who was born in this country. Right. No. And so we're going to have, and, and by the way, folks, if you don't understand this, study a little bit about inflation. Inflation is nothing more than a tax that ends up benefiting the government, not benefiting you. Makes it harder for you to live. The inflation actually helps out the the banks and of the United States. It puts more money into their coffers, takes more food off of your plates. We got Joe on the phone who wants to talk about uh, inflation. So, how you doing, Joe? I'm doing good. Yeah, by dumbnomics. But first, I kind of still owe you a pot shot from last week. So, let me say, while I love you, Pastor Rick. You put the ass in being a pastor. All right. Goodbye, Joe. <laughs> Just a loving jab. Again, people, these are jokes. We love each other. We tease each other. But yeah, by dumbnomics. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on Social Security disability. And... You know, others on just general Social Security, if that's their sole income, we don't have the corners to cut. The COLA adjustments, no way, shape, or form, keep up with the actual rate of inflation because they change the way they uh, calculate the CPI and the COLA to factor out certain things that most matter. So we don't have the corners to cut like a middle-class family who could go to the movies less or go out to eat a little less or skip that stupid Taylor Swift concert that costs umpteen bazillion dollars to cut corners. We don't have those corners that we can cut. Yeah, I uh, to share a story, I... I have a friend of that is uh, a veteran, and he is uh, he was getting his uh, wounded wounded veteran pay, his retirement, 
been getting it for quite a few years. And uh, when he turned 70-something, he, he started Social Security. Because while he was in the Navy, he was paying towards Social Security. We all did. Um, he paid towards Social Security. He paid towards Social Security when he got out. And uh, Now, they said, hey, we decided you can't have both Social Security and your disability. Disability. So we, you got to pay us back $144,000. And it was the VA that helped him get set up with Social Security. Figure that one out. So now he, he's living, he literally lost half of his income. And uh, how, do you, how do you budget that? How do you budget yeah, that? Yeah, well, he better call like them tax relief organizations and see if one of them can help him at least negotiate that amount he, they expect well, it, him to pay back down. It's not, uh, it's a not degree. taxes you know, that he owes back, those, so it's not tax relief. Uh, the IRS knocking at your door services, uh, we can reduce your, you know, oh, I owed 30000 but they got me a negotiated $5,000 settlement. Maybe one of those outfits can hopefully help him out because you're right. I mean, they set him up for that, and yet, of course, they don't know what they're doing or talking about and then expect us to pay for the mistakes that the government morons who should be put out of their jobs put us into. Yeah, the the, uh, the problem is, Joe, with all that is they're not going for back taxes. That's not the problem. They're saying right. that his, his, even though he was injured while in and, and came out unable to work, um, and for a long time, that's all he got was that disability, that check, that retirement check from the Navy. And then they helped him get more money by saying, now you're old enough for Social Security. They want all of his back Navy pay back. All of it. So it's not just going and saying getting tax relief. So, you know, the government's looking and, and they're, they're going after the most vulnerable, the most the, the most struggling people, as you were trying to point out, Joe, and that's kind of my point here. They're trying to make people struggle. They're trying to keep people under their thumbs. They're trying to keep them slaves to the nation. I mean, if you need the Democrat Party to put food on your table every day, they're going to keep getting elected. So that's what yeah, they're and that's why they for. did the 87,000 new IRS agents. Anyone who's stupid to think those are to go after the rich people who can afford tax attorneys and accountants to fight the payment of taxes. They're crazy. Those 87,000 are to go after us poorer folks who they can get a bunch more smaller amount of money out of us to add up because we can't afford to fight it. I can't, we can't afford if they knock on the door and say, you owe us $500 more to hire an attorney for $2,500 to try to fight that. So they go after, as you said, the vulnerable. So I, I got a, I got a friend, Joe, that uh, takes clothes once a year. They, they take a, a big bag of clothes down to the Salvation Army. Salvation Army gives them a receipt for the value of it. They look at it and say, okay, it's worth this much. They know how much to write off for each pair of pants or whatever. So he ends up about once a year having about $400 donation to Salvation Army. Do you know the IRS wanted him to come in and prove a standard deduction of 400 By the way, you can, it's supposed to be a standard deduction. 
he actually only does it because he's got the receipt, right? And they want to, well, we want to see that receipt. Now, <laughs> do you see them going after the, uh, what's his name, uh, with Facebook saying, hey, show us all the receipts, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Ed. I'm sorry, you wanted to say something I just talked right over. Well, we were talking about inflation. And one thing I've tried, tried to encourage people to do is to, to talk it up. For one thing, if you're at the diner, then remark loud enough, not obnoxiously, but loud enough to whoever you're eating with about the political situation we find ourselves in. In other words, be a broadcaster, to, even if it's just to the booth around you. And then when you go to pay your bill at the cashier, remark about my prices sure have gone up. I know it's not your fault. Gee, it must be Joe Brandon, right? And typically the cashier will agree with you. And anybody who's around you, they're going to either learn something or agree with you, one or the other. Nothing wrong with uh, speaking your voice. Like you said, don't be obnoxious about it. And don't. And again, it's not the restauranteur's problem. He's got to pay. He's got to buy the food. Unless you want certain that that meat on your plate to meow when you hit it with the fork, uh, they got to buy real real meat. And so that goes up. Cost of vegetables goes up. Which is fine. I'm not a big fan of vegetables. I think vegetables should be outlawed, but that's just my opinion. Some people really like them. Some people would be wrong. But <laughs> uh, I, you like vegetables, don't you? You're, you're, I, I like a good salad, thank you, with meat on it, typically. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah. is, oh. is Joe still around? So I, I, I went to the I, restaurant the other night, and I ordered a Greek salad, and uh, I ordered it with some grilled chicken on it, right? And, and it came and I got it and it didn't have the grilled chicken. I said, well, what happened to the grilled chicken? And the manager said, are you sure you really want the grilled chicken? I says, why? Is it really chicken? He goes, yeah, it is. But it's going to double the price, over double the price of your salad. Uh, you got to be kidding me. But yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to just yeah. eat salad. You know, um, but yeah, inflation, it's out there. Speak it up, you know. Uh, talk about the uh, prices. Gas prices going back up. Did you notice that at the pumps? Yeah, yeah. I did today. Yep, I did. Gas prices going back up. He tried to open up the reserves long enough to look good, but uh, guess what? <laughs> and and we have states that have oil pipeline pipes sitting on top of ground, waiting to go into the ground, and they can't get them into the ground to just give us more fuel. That that that's that's criminal. Absolutely criminal. Yeah. You know, of course, the, the Bidens pumped up, you know, fracking and uh, oil and uh, other uh, energy systems like that in the Ukraine. At the same time, they come into power here and shut us down. Why? So that their investments in Ukraine will go up in value. Yeah. yeah there's nothing wrong with that, is there? Yeah. <laughs> So, so much to talk about that we can look at and laugh at also. Hey, what about that global warming? <laughs> you know, we should talk to Walter after the break. Yeah, we'll get to Walter. Walter, we will get to you after the break. Um, that's a promise. So, uh, we got global warming we can talk about. Or in, in England, they have this whole group protesting the use of gasoline-powered vehicles. And, and they're literally going out and vandalizing cars. Slashing tires, putting signs on there, get rid of the gas guzzler and everything else. 
and they had this picture in England, and I absolutely had to laugh. On the windshield of the car, it says, get rid of this gas guzzler. It's a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and they slashed the tires on this Tesla and everything else. So one of the members of the group said, well, it takes a lot of energy to create that Tesla. And then he's right. It does. It takes a lot more than it takes to run the car that burns gas. But now they've got everyone, I guess, bikes. You can't ride horses. They fart. So on that note, we'll leave this half for the show on a horse fart. And we'll see you after the breaks. Bye. Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with the Nothings earned their They defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs 4-2 this past Sunday. Dylan Larkin scored after 15 minutes and 39 seconds elapsed in the middle frame. Daniel Sprung lit the lamp within the first quarter of the third period. Andrew Kopp broke a 2-2 tie when he fired a shot into the net with one minute and 40 seconds remaining in regulation. And Lucas Raymond clinched the Red Wings' victory with an empty net goal in the last 20 seconds of the final period. Larkin, Alex DeBrinkett, Michael Rasmussen, David Perron, and Ben Sherratt each accumulated an assist to aid James Reimer, who stopped 28 shots between the pipes. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. That's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue, cause I can't do the boogaloo. I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing. Give me, give me that thing. We've got to stop them somehow. And we're back. And we have uh, someone who's been waiting patiently on the phone and wants to talk about uh, illegal aliens. And so put on your seatbelts. It's Walter. Hey, Walter, how you doing? And thank you for holding. Oh, man, I'll wait for you guys anytime. I'll hold for you guys even if it take, uh, took to the next day. Well, it's a so, bit, all okay, you what, hear what, a bunch of wind and everything else, and I'll be waiting that long. But, uh, hey, uh, let me say some, a, a little side note on Joe before I make my point. Okay. If you tell that Joe me on the south side of Ypsilanti, he won't get out of the last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Black people ain't going to put up with a joke like that. I mean, you can't be telling no stale jokes, Joe. I'm just having fun with him, man, you know. <laughs> right. That, in fact, that joke was so lily white that even white people called it lily white. <laughs> oh, y'all not laughing, huh? <laughs> y'all cringing. <laughs> no. Grinning. Grinning. Not cringing. No, I, cringe. I cringe at Joe's joke, but not yours. <laughs> you got to... I thought it was the other way around. But anyway, let's get serious, man. Uh, uh, Mike Johnson's got to go. That's my number one point. Don't shout me down on that one, y'all. Mike Johnson. You know, let me say something about Mike Johnson. And if you really want to hear somebody that really, what they really thinks about, think about Mike Johnson at this point, 
listen to uh, on Charlie Kirk's show, the podcast, you will be cringing. He pulled no holes barred, no punches, man. He pulled no punches on that guy, man. Um, Excuse me, Walter, if I may interject. I don't let Charlie Kirk, Charlie Kirk's been wrong on a few things. I like Charlie Kirk, been wrong on a few things. This is one of them. Steve Bannon, I think, is wrong, too. I am not Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson got put in a role he's ill-prepared for. I think he's doing the best he can. And if you can come up with somebody who's going to do the job better because nobody else. could a few months ago give a sermon well mike johnson never gave a sermon but you know what in response to that if you want a sermon listen to uh president lincoln's second inaugural that was a sermon mike johnson doesn't give sermons he espouses his christianity he lets those values drive him now i interviewed a guy who knows mike johnson said he's a great guy he's not the swamp so i I'm, I'm kind of like, let's give the guy a little bit more time. It's a tough job. He's only got one vote majority. And then he's facing the Senate. I, I'm, I'm not in his position, and I don't want to be, and I'm not going to quarterback him. Let me say something. Uh, and you know what? Okay, that's kind of fair, but I totally disagree with half of it. You know why? That's fine. That's fine. He's that's still, okay. We're friends. Might as well kept, they might as well kept McCarthy. He ain't did nothing but no better. And nothing has happened in our lives to get better since Listen to this. They have squandered over a year. They use the same excuses every two years and every four years. If you give us... ...control, or if you give us... They should have thrown in. Why are you going after innocent people or getting them arrested by your FBI, Joe? We will not negotiate with a dictator, a tyrant, as you, Joe Biden what you're doing to Donald Trump and innocent people, regular citizens, and sicking the FBI on them just because they have free want to utilize their free speech. Um, they should throw that in there, throw in everything they can. I know they have no, not they don't have total control of the Congress, but they even when they get control, they still make excuses because you got collaborating people like John McCain that's always in the mix that snatch the victory from the jaws of defeat. That's what Republicans do every two and four years. That's Let why I say you might as well keep John, John or you might as well keep Kevin McCarthy in there. Listen, back in November, I think, before January came, even Speaker Johnson, wait till January, we're gonna get serious. What January came and went. and was in it's in the mix right now that they okay. striking the deal. Anytime well, Schumer and Biden is happy and for Biden. want to prematurely sign something, you know it ain't right. We, we, right, Walter, we get not, nothing. And I do. And here, here's, here's one of the big problems I see. And we've got to take a look at the mindset of the American people. Uh, and if, if the Republicans are in control and they do nothing, that is what the Democrats are going to hit on, that they did nothing. Yep. And, and yeah. they're going to stand still and not allow anything to happen. And then as, as great as we would think that is, that they're not spending our money, it means they will not get reelected. So there, there yeah. does come a point where you got to weigh things out. Do you bring it to a halt and get nothing done and then get replaced and have the Republicans replaced with Democrats every other election cycle? 
Uh, then we get tired of the Democrats, and then we bring in the Republicans who do nothing because uh, the, there is a group of Republicans that don't want them to do anything. I think we have got to show that we can work in the government and have a government work while we have control. And I'll agree with you on this point is when we have control, the Republicans don't try to lead. They, they, they just, uh, they, don't, they don't want to get something done when they have a Democrat in office. Because if they get something that done when they have a Democrat in office, then the uh, Democrat president gets the credit, right? Yeah. So they're kind of caught they do, now. What, what do they do with the FBI, the, the enemies of America? If they're going after after us, we're next. They yeah. said, I don't hear, I never heard Speaker Johnson say anything about that. He just wanted to talk about the border. And, and you know what it gets me with these repul repulsive kids, the watered-down Republicans who, who talk a lot of nonsense. They When they mention the border, you know, typical lingo, shut down the border, shut down the southern, they never mention deport, the ones that's over here, deport them. Deport, deport. Marjorie Taylor Greene has come the closest, but this is really the point I really want to make before I get out of here. The intentions of this, those immigrants over here, Marjorie Taylor Greene came the closest of anybody I've ever seen. These women, and the women in Congress are a lot stronger than the men, by the way. Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of them. Hated by Mitch McConnell and his, from people from his group, you know. Uh, she says, those people are replacement votes. They are to replace blacks and especially whites. That's the reason they, they're letting them over here. They called, they uh -huh. called, they listen, they called, um, Joe Biden was recorded saying that, that he wanted to dilute the white race. In other words, yeah, he said that a few years ago. on the white vote for years. And if they can replace the white vote, the majority vote, they don't need your vote no more. And they definitely, uh, they they basically telling blacks, we don't need you in girls, in trigger, right, right with the word trigger, in no more because we have replaced you. Thanks, Walter. Hey, hey, hey when it comes to Marjorie Taylor Greene, when it comes to Marjorie Taylor Greene, however, I was just listening to her being interviewed by Tucker Carlson yesterday, and she was somewhat supportive of of uh, Johnson, Mike Johnson. And, and she was of a let's wait and see attitude, much like myself. Laura Ingram on her show, I think it was last night, had the same attitude. There's a lot of people gunning for him, and I don't know why. It's, it's give him a chance. Here's why. It's because he is willing to try to work with the Democrats to come up with uh, a plan not to shut down the government. By that one month. Works. One month. Well, I know. That never works well for the Democrats or for the Republicans. When the government shuts down, the ones who always inevitably gets the blame and they start really hyping it up are the Republicans. Every time. We don't know how to sit there and say, no, this is the Democrats' problem. They're not willing to work. They don't know how to communicate that message. They're not willing to compromise at all. Because, because who heads the Senate? Who heads, who heads the Republicans in the Senate? Mitch, Mitch McConnell. And he's got to go. You want to talk about somebody's got to go. He's the guy that's got to go because he's not the guy who will attack what Schumer is doing. And so at this point, until the Republicans can learn how to point the, the blame of the shutdown where it belongs, which is on the Democrats. Because the Democrats know they don't have to, to compromise. They know that. Because they can always blame the shutdown on the Republicans. 
The Republicans will refuse to compromise. You never hear them say, well, we, we refuse to compromise too, but uh, you don't hear them say that. You got two parties, neither one wants the other one getting anything done. And it becomes more about party politics than it does about getting things done for the government or for the people. And when I say government, I generally mean the people. I, uh, I think the Republicans have had a hard time um, to be, <laughs> they have not been able to sell their plans very effectively. They're great plans. Their ideas are great. They just don't know how to sell them. Is there, a, could, could we have blamed the shutdown on the Democrats? Absolutely. It would have been their fault. Wait a minute. Because we the have media would you have the Congress, and if they don't, if they don't compromise, if they don't compromise, uh, then it's on them. Who would broadcast that blame? That's the thing. If the Republicans were to blame the Democrats, who would who would relay that to the American public? It wouldn't be the major media outlets or newspapers. Nope, so nope. the story would get changed to where, oh, once again. The Republicans and the, the Republicans say what they want. And by the way, they are not the block that the Democrats are. When we talk about the Republicans, we're talking about a, 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 a span, a spectrum of political points of view. We talk about the Democrats. We're talking about basic mainly leftists who are out to destroy this country. Yeah, I, I would agree with that statement 100 percent. And uh we, we, there are a lot more and there's people that, but here, here's where the problem lies with that, Ed. And I do see a problem with this is as much as we have a full spectrum of people, when you got one group that is basing all their stuff on the right, right to life, that would be my kind of Republican, right? I, I want yeah. someone who's going to protect life. Then you got another one who's a fiscal, uh, fiscal Republican who says, Hey, I'm not worried about abortion. I want more to make sure that uh, we stop the Democrats from spending. And then you got another group of Republicans saying, no, we want we want uh, certain rights protected and they get into rights. And, and with, uh, amongst the Republicans, each Republican has a little bit of that in them on each point. But they get so strong on one point that if they don't get their way, they, they turn tail and run. Yeah. I believe that. That's look. Look what happened with look what happened with the Speaker of the House. Whether you like the Speaker of the last Speaker of the House or not, they didn't give him a chance. You had the the fiscal Republicans who said, "No, we're not going to give him a chance." He's trying to negotiate with the Democrats. You're talking McCarthy now. Yeah. Okay. So they kick him out. I can think of other reasons that he should have gone, but um, and now they're going after the new one. It's ridiculous. We They're going after the new one, and that's because they couldn't get get the kind of guys that we thought would be really kick butt people. Okay, and and so we couldn't get. Uh, um, oh my goodness, who's on judiciary? Um, Jordan. We couldn't get Jordan. We couldn't get. We wanted Jordan. We couldn't get Jordan. Jordan never wanted it, and then we tried to give it to him. He says, "Okay, I'll." I'll if drafted, I will take it, and they couldn't get him in. So they got in Johnson. Sorry, it's a very split house. He has one vote majority right now. And he, if he's trying to do a deal and he can't count on 
20 of his Republican compatriots to back him, then what's he got to negotiate with? You're absolutely right. And that's the problem and kind of where I was going with the different ideologies amongst the Republican Party. Right now, we don't have two parties in, in Congress. We've got four. We have three. Well, they'll tell you we have one, the Uniparty, but I don't buy that. It's not the Uniparty. I, I will say there's four. You've got an extreme, extreme far left left, and then you got a far left. <laughs> okay. And then you have you have the center right Republican, which we call the mainstream Republican, uh, or the the typical Republican, and then we have the the Republicans to the right. So we have four parties, and it's going to be and here's the problem. You'll never get those four parties agreeing with each other. The 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 Republicans further to the right will not uh, play with the center right Republicans. The Democrats way to the left will not will not participate with the Democrats that are just more to the left. <laughs> you know. So yeah, is you see the problem with this is because it's all based on a majority vote. We're not going to get it. I don't see us getting anything done in, in government for a long time. That might be a good thing. Because eventually, when you don't get anything done, you have to shut down spending. Because no one's going to approve anything. So, yeah. Uh, oh. We were talking before the break, and, and I don't want to sound like a like I'm, I'm saying we need to go center right. I'm saying... We need to sell, if we're going to go to the right, we need to be able to sell our ide ideology better to the country. And we're gonna have to do it in a way that's contrary to the media because the media is gonna fight against getting that message out altogether. We know that. That's why I say it's gotta be grassroots. Let the people in the diner know. Let's talk to your neighbors. Be upfront, be informed, be a warrior. Talk it out. Remember when the Tea Party used to be grassroots? It used <laughs> yeah. to be in the diners. Mm -hmm. All over the country, in the diners, they they weren't organized as a party. You got to believe this, yeah. believe that. It was all grassroots. It included Democrats and Republicans and and libertarians across the board. They were tired of taxing enough already. Hence the term Tea Party. It was all grassroots. And look what happened when that happened. We got conservative people into office. With Democrats supporting them because they were able to get the message out. We don't have any grassroots anymore. We've turned everything over to a split party. And it's going to continue to be split. I'm sorry, it's going to. I want to see what happens this year after people have had their noses rubbed in in the left. And, you know, Now, we expected a red wave last time, and it certainly didn't come. But I've... I believe a crescendo is building up this year where people of all sorts are upset about the border. They've had their nose rubbed in the economy and the whole gender fluid stuff. That's people are upset with it. And I think they're beginning to pinpoint in their mind where it's coming from. It's coming from the left. For the, for the elections going back, I can go back to, let's say, Obama's first election. Let's go back to his first election. We had, we always had Republicans wanting to stay home for one reason or another, whether it was religious ideology or whatever. One of them, they, they, the Christian right, didn't even show up to vote. 
politics was dirty. The the pastors would never speak up. And so every election, the Republican Party going in has been split and it's becoming more and more divided. The more divided we become as a party, the less likely we will have anyone with the, an R after their name going into the office. I already know a bunch of people that are on, on social media that have been Republican their whole life. And these are people I know that have been Republican their whole life. They said, we don't like Trump. And if he's running for office, we are not going to show up to vote. We won't vote for a Democrat. We just won't show up to vote. Yeah, I know. I know. Idiots. And so you get, as long as we keep dividing ourselves on those lines, saying I'm not going to show up to vote, Democrats are going to keep winning. When you stay home, that's a vote for that's a vote for the Democrat. It just is. So you got to really feel. Do you want to keep Joe in office? Because it's going to boil down. It's going to boil down to Biden and Trump. Now, I think Rachel Madcow can see the writing on the wall. She knows it's well, going to be Trump. And that's that's part of the struggle that we face with the media. You, you're you aware of what she did with Trump's uh, speech in Iowa, right? Yeah. And and so she just she's not going to play it because the American people don't deserve to hear it. It's miscommunication and we're not going to broadcast lies. Well, of course, she broadcasts her own lies, but she's not going to broadcast. She's not going to inform her audience of what we, what the news was. She's filtering and censoring in the name of democracy. Yeah. Welcome to the government, government-run media. Yeah, that's what it is. Pravda. Yep. So we were talking before, and we have a few minutes. I want to get back to this. Uh, we were talking about electrical vehicles, electric vehicles, and it's all over the news. People cannot charge their cars in the cold. And um, now, from what I can find with Ed's help, is they have at least drastically cut the production of the F-150 Lightning. We, we can go that far. I heard a statement on, on a news channel that said they cut it. I can't find that. Ed can't find that in the media. But we can find where they have drastically cut it. Whereas if you got an order in, they're canceling all those orders. <laughs> If you put an in order, production, for, production by 50%. Yeah. Silverado, the, the electric Silverado, which was supposed to come out at the end of 23, is now coming out at the end of 24. They're pushing that back a year. Watch that get pushed or killed. They're cutting the bolt, the not the volt, the bolt and another uh, uh, cruise, I think. Uh, oh, what is the other EV? The uh, bolt and the bolt EUV. That's right, both bolts. They're made of Lake Orion. And uh, those are getting cut. Well, I'm, I'm glad because they come to the realization yeah. they don't work in half the country. <laughs> yeah. Where, where you live in half the country where it doesn't get warm. By the way, folks, if you believe in global warming, um, I went out yesterday. Open a window. Yeah. I, I, I went out yesterday and I had two cans, uh, aerosol, aerosol cans of uh, hairnet spray of my wife's and I just unloaded them into the air. Just bring on that global warming <laughs> because it's just too cold out there. <laughs> yeah. To, to hell with the rest of you. I'm going to warm this up. I'm going to discharge two cans of aerosol stuff into the air. <laughs> it, it didn't yep. work. <laughs> it didn't work. No, it didn't. Well, not enough. It, you know, it's got to be a grassroots thing. We've all got to like invest in hairnet, folks, because we're going to all go out and fight 
fight this cold front. Uh, What's that guy at uh, I'm mad as hell? Yeah, this guy, I'm mad as hell. I want you to all go open your windows and spray cans of hairnet out the window. Right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you use paint, do it away from the house because, well, yeah. unless it's the color you like. But yeah, it's uh, I always I always get a kick when they start doing the big push on global warming. Just seems like then the next winter, God laughs at them and said, "I'll show you global warming. I'll give you the coldest year ever." <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's after that's, softening uh, after softening you up and making you think spring is here. Yeah. How about this? Weather happens. You know, when I was a kid, we always knew that there were going to be thaws in the winter. Even up north, we knew there would be some thaws in the winter. There'd be days where it was actually safe to go outside, <laughs> you know, um, and not freeze to death. Folks, that's the music. I'll be back next week on A Moment of Clarity to ramble on with my co-host, Ed Bondarenka. And stay tuned for his show right now. You have a blessed day. Talk to you next week. been listening to a moment of clarity on wham talk 1600 with your host pastor richard dietering be sure to tune in again next week right here on wham radio